This is the MFG Cast. guys, welcome to another exciting episode of the MFG Cast Podcast. I am Kurt, and on the other end, the Kevin Nash to my Scott Hall, it's D. Wyatt. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? New World Order for life. <laughs> That's right. This episode, we are going to be talking about whether or not we can be okay with our game collections. I before we go too much into this because I was like I was just gonna say why I was gonna get it why I thought of this episode but it's gonna go down this rabbit hole and I don't want to get too far so before we do that why don't we talk about what we're playing now or what we've been playing recently I'll start first just because um, Tracy's birthday was recently and she got some money for her birthday so we were able to or she was able to get a couple of things first off. I want to explain that I love the fact that uh, my sister tried to get Tracy two things, two games, okay? One for Mother's Day and one for her birthday. And, gosh, she's trying so hard. And in, But instead of asking what we have, <laughs> she just gets it. And this one was my fault. I will admit that. One was hers, which is kind of funny. First time uh, my sister got Tracy Fox in the Forest... Well, I had surprised Tracy by getting it for her myself, so that was my that was kind of like my fault there. But then my sister ended up giving Tracy Ascension, and for some reason, because it was the third edition, it looked different. We thought it was an expansion. Opened the shrink to notice that, oh, wait a minute, it's the same game that we have already. So we decided that we would donate it to her husband, who actually likes playing card games, and but isn't quite into the hobby yet so maybe this will be a good introduction into it or whatever but um she was able to spend the money that she has now and to get a couple of games so we played a couple uh first one we got is a game that we actually got for dan and kim it's sakatsu by idw games um this game is it's funny because when we got this for you guys, we thought, gosh, this would be so fun. You know, this would be kind of a fun, different game. But for some reason, we must have forgotten what what this game was about. Because when we played it, we're like, oh, this is totally not what we thought it would be. You know, it's you've got these little, like, what, do you, what would you call those? Are they tokens? Are they tiles? I mean, they're circular. What would you call those? It feels like almost like domino quality disc. Yeah, and you're putting, they've got these beautiful birds, and you're trying to match the certain birds on the board. But also, at the end of the game, it's got end game scoring, where you're actually measuring, you're uh, counting up flowers, depending upon where your, is it your pagoda or your tower? I can't remember exactly what that thing is. Is it your tower? Yeah, I mean, it could be the pagoda, too. I'm not 100% sure of the term. All I know is, it's just, it's so weird, because, uh... You're scoring in directions. So based on where you're sitting at the table is the path you follow to score. So it's kind of like the same thing in same spots means two different things for two different players, which is amazing. It's a very cool endgame scoring concept. Yeah, and it's, it's again, it's another one of those simple games where it's got a little more strategy to it, where it's like, okay, you know, I want to put this red bird here because i don't know i don't know what the birds are because i'm terrible at knowing what birds you know what their names are and stuff like that classifications and stuff but like okay well i'm gonna put this red bird here to match up with these other red birds because they're all together it gives me four points but 
then you have to realize, okay, if I put this flower that's going in the direction of the other player, then they're going to score more points than you would for your birds. So it's like, okay, you know, you have to kind of, you know, kind of plan it out to where it's like, okay, you know, am, am I going to be able to do this in a way where it's going to, you know, look like it's going to work out well, or am I just going to give them more points and I'm just screwing myself out of this game? So that's the thing that's really interesting with like the bird and the flower path, you're scoring, everything is scoring immediately and everything is scoring in end game. And sometimes it's just as viable to do something awful, like to play something in a spot where maybe you're not really getting any points, but you know, it's destroying your opponent's ability to like get a nice chain of points. So it has such a weird, almost cutthroat element for a game that looks like it should be so tranquil and nice, you know, it's like it has Taikaido appearance where it's like, oh, it's it's serene and it's these koi ponds and just like birds and flowers. And it's also mean as hell when you play it two players at times. <laughs> it's a very deceptive feel for the appearance. Yeah. And I forgot they have the little koi pond circles too, disc or whatever, because, you know, you when you play them, you score immediately but your opponent will never score after that and it's funny because we only played this the one time but like it seemed like tracy got all the koi pond tokens i'm like geez i'm like man can i get one please thank you you know so she ended up when i think she ended up beating me pretty good but it's it's again it's just another fun simple game that is fairly quick and i i really liked it and i i am excited to play it again one thing that's also interesting about Sakatsu, by the way, is uh, it's only for two to three players. Yeah. You know, which is, uh, it's like, it's a tight fit, but it's another great game when you're looking for, like, the couples game or, you know, it's just like, you know, if there's only a couple of you that get together for a game night, it's a really good fit yeah, for that. Yeah, I think it would be a good game for the for our family because it's... Again, it's another one of those games that's just simple enough for anyone to play, you know, so I'm sure Logan would like to play it. Another thing which we actually, I'm just going to talk about super quick too, is we played Welcome to the Dungeon again, or is that what it is? Welcome to the Dungeon? No, Five Minute Dungeon. Good Lord. Boy, it's been a long week, guys. (laughs) My nephew, who doesn't normally play a lot of board games, spent the night recently with, with Logan, and... Every time we play a board game, like, Logan's like, hey, Logan, let's, Logan's like, come on, Cole, let's play this, let's play that, you know, like, they're playing, like, like a video game, or they're watching a movie, or they're playing with toy guns or something like that, you know, and, like, every once in a while, Cole will come over, and he'll be like, what's that? And we'll be like, oh, that's a katsu, and he's like, what do you do with it, you know, and we're like, let's do this and that, it, it, it seems like every time he's over and we're playing a board game, he's like, Oh, that looks fun. We should play that. You know that kind of thing. So it's it's kind of cute that he that even though he's not typically this board gamer kid, that every time we play a game, he's like, oh hey, what's that? Oh that looks cool. I'd like to play that time. So we'll have to have him over a little bit just to maybe maybe groom a future board gamer so we can have some friends over to <laughs> play play bigger <laughs> bigger count games or whatever. One of the other games that Tracy got also is Herbaceous by, or Herbaceous, or however you want to say it, by Pencil First Games. This game, I don't know what to think about this game. I've only, we only played it, we played it twice, but that's because we played it the one time, kind of screwed up some of the rules, and then played it again. Basically what you're doing is you're, you've got all these herbs and you're putting them into pots, and depending upon which pots you have, they have, you know, certain rules to them. You know, like, one of them you can only put the same herb one of them you can you could only put two of one kind but it's got to keep flipping it's got to be two of one two of another two of another two of another you know in a pot what's the other one the other one is like you got the jar where you can score a one two or a three and if you get one two or three in that glass jar then you can get extra points but also you can just throw an extra card in there way just to score points not get the extra points and then, what's that other one? God, why can't I think of it? Yeah, so I know it's the the pears, the um, the old different, the herb jar with the three different herbs. And I'm, you know, what's funny. I'm drawing a blank on the last one too. <laughs> but anyway, if, if if only there was a professional show that would remember all four. I know, <laughs> I know, right? But that, you know, again, if if you're interested, look it up. It's it doesn't take that hard, and we could do it too. But I'm just I'm not I'm gonna skip it for now. But this game is interesting. It's 
kind of random because you get to draw two cards and you decide if you want to put it in your private garden or you want to put it in the public garden. And then, you know, from there you kind of take turns, you know, figuring out what you want to do. It's like, you know, after plant phase is something you have to do each round. But the optional thing is to pot. So you can take either from the public or from your private and put in these pots. And I don't know. I think there's some strategy to it, but I almost think that there's something missing. Like, I think there's something that just makes it just not enough strategy. So maybe I'm going to have to play it a little more just to see if, like, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's just I got a weird first impression of it. Yeah, I'd say give it a few more goes. It's um, it's one of the most, like, savage press-your-luck-style games because of that nature of, you know, like... You flip over, you're going to decide if you get it or it goes to the public garden. And then the next card goes to whichever one you didn't choose. And like when you're doing the planting, you can pull from both your garden and the public garden. So it's kind of like you always want to take the best option. You're like, oh man, I can make I can make three pairs right now. Should I go for it? I don't know. Because when your opponent goes, they might empty out half of that public garden. Like they might just do a massive run of something. And then, and then you're left with nothing. And then you're weeping and sad because they just got all the points and you're going to get none of the points. Yeah, for sure. But it's it's actually, it's a little reminiscent. Like, it feels a little bit like Biblios, which also Dr. Stephen did, where it's like that mechanic of, take a look. Do you want this? Because if not, it could cost you. <laughs> you know, and it's, I like it. It's, it's also pretty quick, which I like. Mm-hmm. And it does support solo play. I think Beth Sobel did the art of yeah. that one, which she's been working with Finn on a few games, which is nice. The art is so phenomenal. Yeah, it's like uh, Stephen loves the idea of look. You don't need to be playing this game for two hours. Let's make it quick. Let's make it simple. Like I think the whole rule book is like less than a full page, and you know it's just like a break it out before game night, or you know like you and your spouse, whatever. Little simple game, but it's it, give it a few more tries. You'll you'll see that cutthroat nature and that push your luck element really start popping up soon. I'll have to do that. What about you, Dan? What have you been playing lately? As noted, we got fur baby. So the things I've been playing lately is chase the puppy, where is the puppy, and oh god, please don't eat that. But besides that, the only things that uh, we got in lately is we've been doing like kind of smaller games because time is a little tighter, and we tried playing a euro. And it took us like three and a half nights because we're constantly breaking to play with him or to check up on him. We've been playing a lot more Santorini, which makes me really, really happy. That game is, every time I play it, it just continues to grow more and more uh, on my list. It's I'm seriously thinking Santorini might be like a top 10 game of all time for me. I just love the variable god powers. And it's funny because I look online and there's people that have played this game like 30 times without using any god powers they're like oh it's just fun trying to get to the top of the tower first and like yeah but but how do you mess with people and they're like oh well you know we just we just play normal like what (laughs) yeah I i feel like that's like the new chess or something yeah it's it's just like um i mean me and kim were always fans of the duke which is another really fun abstract like tight board game um you know it's like a lot of people said like Duke is almost like new chess, except where the pieces flip every time they're activated. Um, mm. That game is still fun. I still enjoy it. It's like a very small board. Santorini is along the same. I think in total the the whole setup of Santorini is a six by six or a seven by seven grid. It's actually it's like pretty small. It's not you know yeah. a ginormous sprawling board, but just the way that all the god powers let you mess with people like. So uh, you and I actually got to play it on uh, Tabletopia recently. And I, I got to use Aphrodite. And um, so a, and a, quicker, a super quick uh, summary of Santorini for anyone that hasn't played it. First of all, look at pictures on BGG and you're just going to be like, this is awesome. Because it's a game where you're actually building upwards. Your goal is to build and land on top of a level 3 tower. And the way that people can stop you is by... Like, anyone can build on anything, so your opponent can always build domes on top of them, which uh, looks like the buildings of Santorini and also makes it where you can't jump on that tower. And the other thing is these god powers. So the the play is the most ridiculously simple thing. Move one of your workers and build something. 
okay, I can do that. And then there's like 70 different god powers and hero powers. And uh, so when we played recently, I used Aphrodite, which basically meant your people had to follow me around like lovesick puppies. Like if I was near you and I moved, you know, I moved, you had to follow suit. And I thought that was awesome. Recently, uh, me and Kim played a game. I can't remember the goddess I used, but she's of like deception. And one of their powers is the worker that your opponent did not use last turn, you can use and move and build with. So I had like one of Kim's workers slowly building their own grave, basically by blocking them in. <laughs> um, it's just, it's a really cool game. It's really fun and fascinating. Uh, a long game for us takes maybe 15 minutes. And that's usually because like somebody will be like, wait, no, no, I'm going to lose. Oh my God, how can I stop you? And then two minutes later, all right, you got it. <laughs> Let's try again. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I I have played this game a few times now. I cannot get into it. I don't know what it is. Like, literally, you're like, let's play it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, because, like, last year at Gen Con, we've heard so many people just love, 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 love this game, you know? So we're like, okay, we'll get Santorini. Well, we got Santorini. And then they're like, well, we'll throw in the Golden Fleece for, like, expansion for, like, not very much. And we're like, okay, well, we'll get that, too. Obviously, it's not that much. We'll do that. Here's three more pro. Here's three promos. Three promos of gods. Go to this booth. You'll get three more. Oh well, I like getting everything, so let's get some more. You know. <laughs> and so we got all these gods, and we got the golden fleece suspension, which we actually haven't opened up. But I don't know what it is. I'm like, I'm hoping eventually. Like I'm gonna make myself play this enough, and maybe I will get into it. But for some reason, I just I still don't like this game and i hate saying that because it's just weird saying that you know like there's some games like i know i will not like okay i will be like okay obviously this game is just not for me this game i thought i would love and for some reason i still have not gotten to like it so like all right so i know it's gonna sound weird but is there a thing that you dislike or is it just that you don't have affection towards it like you're indifferent I think I think it's it's the latter. I think I just I was hoping for it to catch me somehow, and it has not hooked me in. I know why. I still I, it's I can't explain it. That's the sad part, you know. I can't be like this is the reason why, you know. It's just for some reason. Yeah. It just it just hasn't it hasn't got its hooks on me. So. So like if you were to rate it on a one to ten, it would be like a five. Like, nothing grand and nothing awful. It's just blah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just, yeah, it'd be one of those, like, I think if I were to give it a, a lower score, I would be, like, doing it out of spite, I guess. Yeah. And I would never do that because it's, like, you know, again, I don't have a point to, a point of reference to be, like, these are the reasons why I don't. <laughs> so it's, like, I can't rate it lower than that. One of the things that's interesting about the game is, like, regardless of who you are and who you're playing against, you know, like it's part of the game is using your god abilities to their best effect, but it's also deeply acknowledging your opponent's god abilities. And like if you're using Hecate, how you play against Odin will be different than how you play against Aphrodite, and that'll be different than how you play against Pan. So it's like even what your god does, you have to make it work differently based on what your opponent's god is. And um and the expansions add like a shocking amount of stuff for you know such a small expansion but like one thing I absolutely loved was in the Golden Fleece I believe it's Hecate her thing is like uh, magic and mystery so you have a little tiny five by five board that's a copy of the main game board and you use little discs behind a screen for your workers and in turn on the main board your workers are invisible. Like, your opponent doesn't get to know where you are. But you're still building as normal. So, like, you just see an open field, all of a sudden, bloop, a building brick. And you're like, all right, well, I know you're within one of these eight squares, you know. And then, like, next turn, another brick goes. And it's like, it almost feels like you're playing Captain Sonar, where you're like, okay, I know you're in the northeast quadrant. I don't know where you are exactly what your plan is, but I know you got something. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's it's definitely fun, man. I, I love it. Like, um, 
it it could just be that it's not in your wheelhouse, you know? Like, there are some people that just don't dig chocolate chip cookies, you know, or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, it could be just that for you. Yeah, I'm not of the popular opinion, but, you know, again, like, I can't, I can't change how I feel, so, right. you know, mm-hmm. unless, you know, unless it miraculously happens, you know, which it, it may, it may in the future, so. Maybe the first time you uh, trounce Tracy in it, you'll be like, "Oh my God, this game is awesome!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. It probably does. It probably doesn't help that I have not won this game yet. <laughs> <laughs> many, many, many plays later. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That and um, the only other thing we got in recently, uh, and I mean, granted, this is a lot bigger than Santorini. A buddy of mine, John, had a birthday recently, so we got a few people together, and um, he is a fan of Terraforming Mars, so we played that once more. It was really good. Uh, I haven't played that game in months, uh, mainly due to time constraints. Still holds up really well. Still really enjoy it. We'd still we'd even break out Venus uh, next yet because everyone was like, we had it already, and everyone's like, I don't know, man. I, I haven't played this for a little while. Maybe let's just stick to you know just using one of the new uh, like I think we use the Elysium map. But knowing that two more expansions are supposed to be coming out for this game like this year, I think. We all kind of were like looking at each other and we're like, I don't want more stuff in this game. Like, I, I, I want, you know, I just want to even use this. <laughs> I need more time. It's because at five players, man, that thing does bulk up. It's like, we're like, oh, that was pretty quick. And we looked, it was almost four hours later. And we're like, but, but we, we didn't slow down for anything and everyone was doing stuff constantly. How was this so long? I think it's just like, you know, you kind of, it didn't feel like it. I mean, it wasn't a hellish four hours, but it was still four hours. So that game, yeah, that game yeah. does love to eat up a lot of your time. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like when you play a game for that long, it feels like you should be punching in before you play it, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question for you then. Like, have you played this two player at all? Terraforming? Yeah. So do you think, because I, d- I don't know, like, you know, every time you go on Board Game Geek, you're like, oh, plays best with three to four or whatever. Is this a good two-player game, or is it something where it's like, it's sustainable, but it's better with more? Um, I enjoy it at the more player count because a lot more is changing, and you can't plan as well. At two players, you can pretty much know when and where to make your moves. Yeah. You know, because um, there's certain chain things where it's like, oh, when you raise uh, the temperature this much, you're going to get one heat production. When the temperature gets to a certain point, you're going to get like a, like an ocean tile. like Or, you know, like the same thing with like oxygen, like when oxygen hits a certain point. So it's like you can kind of go like, oh, you're out of like, you know, you're out of moves. Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and that's going to give me this increased production. And then I'm going to play this card and that's going to give me this free tile. And now I just got like six terraforming rating points. Because I knew you couldn't interrupt my steps in my seven-step program. Mm-hmm. In four and five players, it almost never happens that way. Okay. You know, very rare is it that one person takes five extra rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is the reason why, like, when this game came out, like, everybody just loved, love, love, you know. And when I heard about it, I was like, man, this sounds like just so much fun. But with the amount of time it takes to play it, and the fact that it may not ever get played with more than two players, I was like, I just, I can't, I can't invest my money on something that I don't, I know I'm not going to get the most enjoyment out of. I think you're going to really like it, but at the same time, you can also probably wait until the app is available. Like, mm. you, you know, I don't think you have to rush out and buy the game because, I mean, if you haven't bought it by now, clearly it's not that, like that earworm that's tearing at your brain going, buy me, buy me, <laughs> buy me. <laughs> you know, and uh, and honestly, like the base game, like the base game offers a tremendous amount. Like the Venus Next has like more cards and an additional track that you can raise up. The Hellas and Elysium is just only a double sided board with like some new milestones and awards. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, and on a side note, I won that game by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> uh, I went insane building trees. Like I made like I think like. 17 forest areas i was responsible for like 90 percent of the oxygen on the planet (laughs) and um yeah it that's what literally squeaked me by by like the most narrow point i think i got it by like two points or something nice so trees are the way of the future my friend (laughs) yep that's how we breathe so anything else uh not much 
we one other game we went for unfortunately the time didn't let us is we wanted to do vast oh and, uh, yeah and that's that's another one it's like this game is great four and a half hours later oh man the dragon won <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know yeah it's it's like it's i feel like that game is like planning for role-playing you know it's like okay we know it's gonna be it's gonna take our whole day so we have to plan for the day mm-hmm. you know it's like get our sleep eat our vitamins wake up early you know here we go fast you know and they're cutting they have uh, another another expansion out on kickstarter right now don't they yeah it's um it's the cursed mansion and uh man it so so i'm gonna completely steal your thunder and let this be the bridge to our discussion <laughs> that was that's something where i'm like i really want to get this and i can't get vast played enough as is right now mm-hmm. do i need a standalone slash compatible with game to go with the game that i can't even get played enough right now <laughs> that's the alarm letting me know i don't need it <laughs> <laughs> nice that's my do not buy alarm it actually picks up whatever my heart rate picks up a little bit talking about board games <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, you, you should have that a long time ago um so <laughs> this goes in right into our discussion of do we really need more you know I was, you know, thinking about like this year we decided to take a year off of uh, like the big conventions. Like last year we went to Gen Con and this year we would have loved to do it. But, you know, it just wasn't in the cards money wise and time wise. And then, you know, another another thing we were going to we were possibly thinking about doing this year is going to see you guys and, you know, playing games, having fun, you know, but it just wasn't in the cards. And, you know, it just made me think like, you know, the board game in industry and being a fan of board games it it's more of okay this the thing of last year is the thing of last year what's going on what's going on now you know and not not so much what's going on now what's going on a month from now but no what's going not what's not going on now what's going two months from now you know it's just you know this hobby is just is is increasing and the games are increasing and the genres are increasing and you know it's just there's just more you know and it's like you know do we have all this time and all this money and all this effort to get all these games when they're when most of us you know have a decent amount of games sitting behind us in front of us around us you know our friends have them our relatives have them you know it's like do we need to buy the next handful of games that are coming out at Gen Con, at Origins, at BGG Con, you know, do we need that now or should we play the games we already have? And and of course this is always like a super uh touchy subject for a lot of people. You know, I I've seen online forums where people like, oh well, you know, and this is one of my favorite elitist quotes. You know, this is not a hobby for people that don't have money. So if you can't afford all these things, you know, you should just stop now. It's like Way to, way to go, you elitist ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Can, I'm going to interrupt you with a small kind of kind of stupid quote that is actually quite still quite true. Remember back when they used to have the no fear, no fear t-shirts and no fear on the cars and stuff like that? Some people still have that, which is sad. But, you know, they had, uh, they had this one t-shirt that even though these no fear things were kind of stupid, like it's kind of, it was kind of true it's like the person the person with the biggest car or something like that or the person with the most stuff still dies you know and it's like you know it just just makes sense for that you know it's like you don't need to have all the things you don't need to have all this money to do stuff you know there's there's ways of getting games and not breaking your wallet and you know there's just so much pressure yeah, and it's like, see, I feel like now the the shirts would be no FOMO, you know, no fear of missing out, like back everything, you know. Yeah, <laughs> make Kickstarter your homepage. See, it's like, um, so I mean, it's kind of funny because, like I said, there, there's so many discussions about this, like on BGG and and Facebook groups and stuff like that, and it's, you know, the question is like, can you be content with your collection, you know, and. A while ago uh, on a completely different topic but a friend and i were talking about addiction and 
we were saying how like so many things are labeled as addictive nowadays and you know and i was like and in our conversation i was like oh well you know if it doesn't have addictive chemicals can it really be addictive and he noted how addiction has a lot to do with people where addiction is kind of defined as if there's something that you cannot stop yourself from doing you're addicted to it if it forces your hands in behavior and I think like buying board games is addictive for a lot of people, regardless if they're like, you know, nobody wants to say they're an addict because that makes <laughs> you sound weak. But I mean, I, I've tried self-imposed like I'm only going to buy one board game a month and like I can't like it's, you know, if I'm like because the nature of board games is where it's like, oh, this thing is out. Did you get it? No. Well, then you probably won't see it for seven months, assuming you ever see it again. Yeah. You know, um, because you've seen prices on secondary markets like i don't know if you remember concordia you can buy that now uh like a year ago that thing was going for like 145 dollars like if you want to play concordia you couldn't yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's like when before you know or orleans you know you know me and you would talk about it and be like okay it's 100 bucks nope sorry still not buying it i'm gonna wait till it gets retail you know i'm not gonna pay that extra money for something that i know i could buy for regular price like so for me is like uh because, like, I mean, even, like, when you do your online orders, the, the question is, like, how often do you get a game? You know, most of the time, it's, like, you get an order. You get a couple of things, a couple, like, you know, a game, two expansions or whatever. You know, it's, it's a little tough. And recently, you know, because time has been tight, we've been thinking about that. Like, the whole, we can only play so much. Our time is really split up right now. Like, even my local gaming group, it's been really hard for me to get there do I need to pick up anything new? Like, do I need a new title? And so it's like, I was looking at my buy history, like in the last three weeks, Kim picked up one game. Like, I think she got like something small and I picked up the new Rick and Morty. The, the, uh, the Ricks must be crazy. Cause I love the Rick and Morty board games. So I was like, all right, I got one game. It's something small and it'll be cute. And me and Kim can play it together. That's fine. But trying like if you actively say to yourself i'm not gonna buy a game for three weeks i want to know how far you get and the question is like with what you have now how many things on your pile of shame you know how do you approach the games in your collection like you know and also even like with being content with what you have sometimes it's almost like have you ever looked at your game wall and felt like it's a baskin robin situation where you're like there's so many options. I don't even yeah, know what I want to yeah, do now. Yeah, you're like, oh, I want to play that one, and then it's it it's like you have that, uh, uh, like that short term memory thing where it's like, oh, this is cool. Wait a minute, there's that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget about this one. You know. Yeah, and it's like, and I mean, a lot of people do like to do the well. I'm supporting the hobby. I'm, I want to support the hobby. I want to, you know, I'm doing this to support my favorite designers. It's like, yeah, that's kind of cool too. But you know, could you actually be content? Like, if you if you could not get a brand new game for three months, right? Would you be able to just be content and just play what you have and be happy? Or would like that fear of missing out just burrow into your brain and make, you know, you're like, no, I must back this. Or no, this is the last three copies that are left in cool stuff. I have yeah. to get one. Well, and, and our relationship as podcasters makes that e- even a more unique scenario too, because it's like, okay, someone we know, came out with a kickstarter well i'll back that because i know them you know or somebody you talk to yeah. god they're awesome i need to buy one of their games you know it you know it's that mentality of like okay you know now it's like oh i follow this podcast and i love them and i see a picture of something that like oh that's pretty i need that you know there's there's a lot of different ways to think of stuff <laughs> like i i will even throw a uh, uh, old podcaster of the past mike under the bus because Every once in a while, he'll do the whole thing where he'll be like, okay, his wife is a teacher, and and he'll be like, oh, you know, Malia just bought a bunch of clothes for, you know, for school, for, you know, to, you know, so she wears stuff to school. I can get a couple of board games. You know, it's like, it. sometimes it's just looking for an excuse to buy one, you know? It's it's like when you were younger and you're like, uh, it's a... Uh, uh, full moon, it's time for a full moon party, let's drink. You know, it's like you need an option you need an idea to drink <laughs> oh we're gonna dress up like 70s and 80s time to drink you know it's like you don't need an excuse if you want to have a drink have a drink if you want to go to the beach go to the beach you don't need excuses 
And, and with board games, see, that's the thing. With board games, you're like, the excuse is not buying the game. The excuse is, well, you know, this game is only $34, but I need 100 for free, free shipping. So let me just add on this. this luckily, this. <laughs> luckily, I don't have that mentality because that would, that would definitely sink me. Yeah, well, so like one of the... So recently we went to the Uncommons, the uh, board game cafe in Manhattan, right? And they have a copy of The Mind there. And we had a blast playing it. And the game is really fun. And it was like your instant response is, oh, man, we should get this when it comes out. And I'm like, we already own the game. We can just play the mind using cards from the game. Like, it's the rules are incredibly simple. It's a deck of numbered from 1 to 100. We do not need to purchase another deck of cards numbered 1 to 100 because <laughs> they have a different back, you know? And, you know, and of course it's like, oh, well, you know, you got to support the designer. It's like, dude, I bought like five copies of the game for people throughout the years for birthdays and holidays or whatever. I, I supported the designer, you know, like he I he sold five copies of the game because of me. So it's like, that's fine. He got support. You know, you can always you can always like push the idea off on your friends. You know, like you don't have to back it. You don't have to buy it. You can just be like, hey, Mark, this game looks right up your alley. I mean, yeah. I would pick it up if I was yeah. you. you know? <laughs> it's like. Well, why don't you get it? Oh, no. Kim said I can't buy any new games yeah, for a few yeah. weeks. You know? <laughs> I think another another thing that, you know, gets pushed on people, too, is these board game groups where it's, look at my look at my wall. Like, I've got all these games. So it's like, okay, well, you know, you've got these games. Guess what? I've got this more. I got this much more. You know, and it's like, it, it's, it's more a, it's more than a, hey, I have a lot of, I have a bunch of board games that I love. It's more like, hey, I have more than you do. Yeah, and I think like, and as much as some board gamers love to trash Magic players, and I still don't understand that, like, antagonistic bonds that a lot of them have for some reason, but for some people, board games is almost like Magic. Like, look, I got this super rare game. I got this deluxe art version of this thing. I got... Like, this game that is worth $250 on this special shelf. It's like, yeah, that's that's your Jace the Mind Sculptor of board games. You know, you got your super cool deluxe whatever and, and stuff like that. But, you know, ultimately, like, and, and I know this is going to be hard for a lot of people to hear. This is not a hobby we truly need. It is fun and it is great. And it's fun to be with your friends and do all the stuff. But it's not a must-have hobby. But I think for a lot of people, it's a combination of each new game is an excuse to get people over to play stuff together. And, you know, for collectors, it's like the, that's going to look perfect on the shelf. Yeah. You know? Now, I got a question for you, like, because this was something I was theorizing with Kim. A lot of board games, it's about your next move. You know, it's like, if you're playing Agricola, you can't just go, well, I got food, I'm fine for the rest of the game. Like, you got to think about two turns ahead, four turns ahead, the last rounds of the game, like maximizing your score, maximum efficiency. Do you ever think maybe like sometimes people do these big board game orders because they're like, well, I mean, if I'm if I'm going to put a charge on the card, it might as well be all at once. I might as well, like that free shipping. I mean, it's kind of like getting a free action this turn. Like, do you ever think there's some like correlation between those, like, you know, gaming terms and gaming objectives and how people handle amassing their collections. I'm sure of it. It's like the, you know, like, uh, well, you know, I mean, I could get this, like, one thing of Talisman. But if I get the Talisman game and the three expansions, that's going to be, like, five extra plays. And then I can, you know, it's, and then we can also invite these extra two people over because we'll have the room then. Like, I, I just feel like it's this, uh, it's, you know, playing games and amassing the games kind of, like, feed off of each other in some way. A symbiotic bond, as it were. When it comes to, you know, the thought of that now, so it's like, are there certain games in your collection now where you think, like, these are the games that I want to play, and I want to play on a consistent basis? You know, or is it a thing where it's just like, who knows what, you know, what the future is going to hold for me, you know, because of we talk about being so busy and stuff like that. Are there some of those games that you think, you know, these are the ones that I'm always going to want to try to get to the table. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, Terra Mystica remains one of those games. Like, lately, you know, any chance I get Santorini to the table, 
all my goods in Port Royale are two that hit the table so often for me still. Like, I still love those games. Like, one, like along that vein, like, one thing I was thinking of trying to do is... I know a few different, like, podcasts have, like, a board game of the month that they do. Like, to help, like, encourage exploring and looking back on an older title. I was kind of thinking of, like, board game of the month. Even if, it, like, not even if not for the show, just at home to try to get more repeat plays and like a little deeper exploration of a few games here. Yeah, too. Like for me, like I try to, we try to get a weekly game night in me and Mike on Tuesdays. And lately it's been here and there because of illnesses and stuff like that. But like there's games that me and him have always enjoyed that we always try to bring to the table. Like uh, Marvel legendary. That's something that has a million expansions now. And we have most of them. And we try to... And yeah. Mike actually just puts all of them on a randomator. Uh, and just like, hey, let's just play whatever comes up. You know, and what we know it will be dead and gone before we play all of them. But it's cool to just constantly, you know, be reminded of the game. And not, you know, even though Legendary is a very easy game to play. It's cool to be able to be like, okay, now you know we have this strategy like the other night we played we played legendary and we played a scenario that we got whooped completely right away and we're like i'm like holy crap and mike actually brought some magic and we thought well he thought maybe we could play after and i'm like we got beat way too quickly we have to try this again and so and so we played it again took a little bit longer but we still got whooped but it's still you know it's it's good to know like okay we tried again we didn't just say, okay, we give up on this one. Who knows when we'll ever get all this stuff to coalesce again to be the thing we play again and see if we can do, you know. So it's nice to get that. Pathfinder Adventure Car Game is something we've kind of kept up with because it's like, you know, it's like role-playing. It's like you have your characters and, you know, you keep going. Fortunately for me, my character has not died for a while. Unfortunately for him, he's had a couple of people die as I've had this one character. So... It's been kind of interesting to see him introduce new characters as I, you know, kind of keep the same character. So it's kind of a neat little story. And then we're able to, you know, with Pathfinder, you know, it's, it's, that, that one is, again, not too hard to play. But sometimes strategies and stuff like that can get lost if you take too much time off of it, you know. How far are you guys in that, by the way? Uh, I think we're on, we're still on the base game, but I think we're on the th- fourth or fifth scenario by now i think i can't remember how many scenarios oh, there. Bad. but yeah yeah and it's cool too because he he actually played uh he actually has one of the oh geez what is that guy called where he has like a spirit animal that he plays with or whatever can't remember what that's called it's like one of the new mentalist classes yeah right? so, like something like that character packs yep so you know be able to play a new you know, a new type of character like that, but in, you know, one of the old base scenarios. And, you know, it's been kind of fun to see that where that goes, you know. And then another game, you know, there's some other games that we've talked about that I won't talk about anymore. But, like, uh, Power Grid is one of those, again, that I just, I, time and time again, I, me and, when me and Tracy play it, we really like it. Logan's played it with us, too. So it's like, that's something I like to get more and more to the table. Plus, they have, other maps that like you know we talk about trying to get everything it's like i don't want to get everything but once i've kind of played out the american and the germany side of this board you know we bought another board and it's like well let you know let's play this you know 15 20 times and see how we play with that you know it's like i don't have to get all of them right now it's like we have enough time where we can just play these out and see you know see if we can just continue to have a good strategy on these games yeah it's like so like, you know, like, even with, like, how you mentioned, like, playing those games repeatedly, there's a game, like, recently I was looking at this game, it's called Rise to Nobility. Love the art style, looks pretty involving, it's a dice worker placement game, and I'm like, this sounds really cool. And I was like, we got Rajas of the Ganges, you know, it's, that's a dice worker placement, we've only played it, like, maybe two, three times, and it's a really good game. So I'm like, you know what? Instead of buying Rise of Nobility, I, I'm like, let me revisit the idea of buying this thing after playing Rise of the Ganges, Ganges uh, like, three more times. You know, let me get more plays of this. Like, 
and that's the thing I want to do a lot. Like, you know, I, I was thinking, like, if in the next month, if I can just do Arkham Horror, the card game together, I want to, like, revisit a bit of... Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on this. Uh, Champions of Midgard. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, the another fantastic, amazing game that's just... It's so much fun chucking all those dice and fighting monsters and claiming glory and, you know, and it's... uh. You know, so I mean, what I'm gonna try is I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna kind of like you know, hopefully use you as a sponsor. I'm gonna see <laughs> if I can not pick up anything new for about a week. You know, I'm not gonna try to, I'm not gonna try to like not promise myself like, oh, I'm not gonna buy the games for like a month because that's not gonna happen. <laughs> but I'm gonna see how I can, good, gonna see how I can hold on. You were yeah. doing a really good try. You didn't even give yourself five seconds. You're just like, well, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's like. Because, you know, it's the same thing as, like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds and I'm going to be ripped. There you go. <laughs> Reality. <laughs> yeah. Every every week when we go for recording, I'm going to touch base. I'm going to let you know how I'm holding up, see how things are going, you know. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to see if, if I can try to have a little more contention with what I got and, you know, just embrace these games and... You know, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, if you like picking up a game a day or, you know, picking up like, if like cool stuff has you on a first name basis and, you know, like it, it's like as soon as you type C on your computer, it's like coolstuffinc.com. That's cool. You know, it's like, but just for, for me, I'm going to try to feel like a little more content with the collection for now. Yeah. And just to kind of hit that nail on the head kind of as we close here, like, you know, even with, like, your cool stuff, like, we were just talking, like, oh, they have their summer sale right now. By the time this recording comes out, it may be done. But, like, oh, up to 80% off. Just because something, and we've talked about this before, just because something has a big sale doesn't mean, hey, let's get this game and try it out so it can sit on the shelf for three years, you know? It's like, if if, yeah, if, I, if there's something in if there's something in your heart that, like, you're like, well, oh, I've been wanting this game forever. I just needed to get to a certain price. More power to you. But if it, if it's one of those where you're talking with your significant other or your friend or like to yourself and you're like, maybe I could try that out for $25. Don't do it unless you think like that's really worth your time and your money. There's one thing I'm hoping for and if if anyone can uh, let us know on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever, I just want to know how many games are in your shame pile, preferably still in shrink, that you picked up because you're like, oh, yeah, that thing's eight bucks. I'll do it. Or like, oh, man, you know, nine ninety nine. Sure, why not? And how long have you had it? Like, do you have a game that you've had for like four years and you're like, oh, yeah, I bought this at that place. I was going out of business. Well, here's Clans of Caledonia. And then you just go. <laughs> a- <laughs> A.K.A. Let's make Dan feel better, people, because he's got a lot of yeah. it. It's like you know, like uh, like the dust gatherer game, the one that people can gauge how often. You clean <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the game that you look at more and go, that's a game. Okay. I want it to be where you can write, "Please play me" in the in the uh, film that's growing on top of that plastic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's the game where in Fallout forty seven they find it eventually. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's in Vault seventy six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So we always like to get your opinion on things. And we actually got a couple of responses on our Facebook and Twitter, too. Like, you know, it seems like a lot of people are kind of in the same boat. Like, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, we've got these, you know, a lot of games and we always think that we need more and more and more and stuff like that. But, you know, like it seems like, you know, there are some people that actually have, you know, those games that they always go to, you know, like. Page unfortunately couldn't be on this episode, but he said he just loves Patrick so much. He's already played it 57 times this year. It's not even June yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be lucky to play 57 games in two years, I feel like. You know what I'm saying? John from Legends of Tabletop said, Splendor. You know, it seems like these games, you know, for these guys, it's like they're always busy, but they've got the, you know, these quick, quick play games that, you know, easily go, you know, or like flippy. Flippy talked about some video games, and I, I am so jealous for him. I'm like, man, he must, you know, have a little more time time on his hands because he's like Civilization and Dynasty Wars. I'm like, wow, good for you, man. I wish I had enough time. You know, we've been, every, every you know, 
every weekend, me and Tracy and Logan try to get in, you know, a little bit of game time on the Switch just because, you know, it's just nice to be able to play a video game every once in a while. But, man, I have not been able to dig in. There is a game for the Switch that is going to be a role-playing game, and I can't think of it, but it's coming out, I think, in July, and I'm so excited about it, but I'm like, It'll take me the. It'll take me until I'm 70 to finish it because there's no way I'm gonna have enough time <laughs> to play a nice depth of a RPG game. You know, uh, for it's worth for me uh, on the PS4. Ever since I got that EDF5 from Japan, it has not left the console. I know you will not like, sh- I, stop talking I, about it. I I could just glue the disc tray entry plus ports shut from now on for the rest of my ownership of the system. I'll never play anything but this game again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and on on Twitter, even uh, Beard, Bearded Rogue said that he uh, Majesty for the Realm is something that he's been playing a lot lately. And that's one of the again, it's one of those things where you like I see it. You know, people are like, "Oh, this game is so great." And I'm like, "I need to get it." And I'm like, "Wait a minute." I don't even know what the game's about. I'm not going to get it yet. Like, maybe I should just play the games I have, and then eventually maybe I could play this game, you know? And, and of course, you know, after our talk with J.B. Stegmaier, like, if, if I feel like I, there's been a resurgence of people playing Viticulture, like, that's all I ever see. Um, Dawson from Cohort 8 Games was like, he's like, they've been playing it a ton lately. I'm like, man, eventually I'm going to have to get my hands on that just because, like, Again, here we go. I'm I'm talking about the things we shouldn't do, and I'm like, I want to support Jamie because he was on our podcast. He's such a cool guy, and it's like, oh man, yeah, we have problems, don't we? But it's possible that you know, if you're buying a Stonemaier game, that it's more like you're buying culture instead of a board game. You know? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, and as we've talked about before, I need more nice things. It's like, I thought you weren't going to buy any board games. This is not a board game. This is a simulation of a winery. It's very engrossing. If you <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's almost like a book that you play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love it. So, again, if you have any, have any questions, any comments, please visit our Facebook or Twitter pages. So, real quick, uh, what is that Twitter again there, Kurt? Oh, it's uh, at MFGCast on Twitter and our Facebook page, MFGCast, of course. Okay, I just wanted to confirm. Yeah, of just course. in case anyone. Yeah, 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 exactly. In case you can't find it. But um, yeah, so get on the conversation. We'll have another awesome topic for next week. But until then, I am Kurt. And I am content with my collection DY. <laughs> Liar. And this was the MFG Cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.